Welcome to this brand new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. This podcast is hosted by Mark van Horek and myself, Elias Krum, and brought to you by Marketing Guys, the MarTech agency based out of the Netherlands. Welcome to this new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. On which I today, today have Eliev Cohan. He's the founder of the Bot Lab. And we're going to talk about chatbots today. Um, he's done a, a lot of cool stuff using uh, chatbots, which he's going to talk about. He's a, well, a chatbot guru, I almost have to say, like a Drift super, super user. He consults for Amazon, Amazon Alexa. Um, and, well, um, typically... You know, I, I think we talked a lot about chatbots, but this is a great angle for listeners to learn more about the practical use of chatbots and the way he has successfully done that. that. So uh, welcome alive. Could you please introduce yourself? Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, my name is Eliav. I'm the co-founder of the Bot Lab. And uh, I'm a, basically, I'm just obsessed with chatbots. I'm one of the super users. And uh, also uh, recently launched our own platform that allows people to use chatbots to have real-time conversations on uh, on articles or review sites or third-party content for the first time. Mm-hmm. So uh, cool. that's what we're really excited about. Cool. And you, you're also very much into AI, you just shared with me. Um, yeah. you, 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 you were invited to Richard Branson's Island, Necker Island, uh, a while ago. Well, and, and definitely you need to tell us more about that because <laughs> that's something people want to know more about. And, and also explain us how you ended up at that Island, because I, I, I think people would want to know how, how, how they can get a ticket to there. How, how to get there. Sure. How to get so, there. Yeah. Yeah. So the, uh, it's pretty wild. So, uh, there was a, basically, you know, Richard Branson is always interested with Virgin Unite of a of a wild amount of things, right? Whether it's around climate change or pollution or or different things in space, you know, things that are going to change the world. And he creates basically nonprofit groups um, that are of indivi- a collective of individuals that can make a difference in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, and his newest one is this one, which is called Digital Guardians. And so it's basically with the top AI folks in the world there, you know, guys from OpenAI, guys from um, from DeepMind, right? We had, um, you know, tons of crypto billionaires. There were all kinds of interesting people that are running AI companies. And the whole idea was, how can we make sure that AI doesn't destroy us in the next six to eight years or 10 years based on AIs having unlimited computing power and being too connected, right? And making sure there's transparency. And so I ended up getting connected. One of my good buddies, uh, Brian Tallaby, had been going, uh, runs a company called Aurora.ai in the education space, but changing the world of how education works. Uh, He had become started to go to uh, Richards Island for... um, one of his, uh, like his tennis tournament type thing. They got invited to an investor. And uh, when he was putting this together, he goes, Eliav, you'd be a great ass. I would love to have you here as well. And uh, so I got the opportunity to go in December. So uh, basically I got my butt kicked by Richard Branson in chess. And I'm also a hot <laughs> air balloon pilot, just like he is. So Richard and I talk lots about uh, hot air ballooning, which was lots of fun. And um, it was a, a very fascinating week of the most interesting people of trying to, in AI, trying to figure out, how do you make sure that you know we don't accidentally destroy ourselves? Which I'm sure we can spend an entire hour on another podcast or Absolutely. a couple of hours just talking about the future of that. But uh, so I was there for more of the uh, communication side around AI. Cool, cool. So 
uh, amazing in life. So, so it's that's that's a great story. So um, let's let's continue on uh, chatbots because before we dive into your new uh, thing, your new solution uh, that you, that you invite and basically invented the, the bot lab, and we we are going to talk about that. But before we do that. Um, I, I have to share some experience that we had that I've had personally with with chatbots and marketers that have adopted chatbots, and just wanted to check if what your take on that is because what I've what I've seen is that a lot of marketers have started using chatbots, um, but kind of dropped off or um, you know I've seen them adopting it, putting it on their website, but stopped. Could stopped using it for some some reason or another. Have you seen that? And and if so, what what do you think the reason is? Yeah, so it's really interesting with with chatbots. You know, um, chatbots. I think people underestimate of what it takes to build one that is actually good that gets people to engage. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not just like, hey, can I create a hundred character opener that basically says like, hey, welcome to our site. Want to chat? Like you have to actually create something that is engaging and contextual based on why someone is there, right? Really understand your customer and you have a hundred characters to do it, right? And so most chatbots, people are like, oh, I need to create this like really, you know, catchy, really fun and interesting and all these different options, give them all this information. The truth is it's not really that way. Um, it's really people either have a question or need to book a meeting and you're, And you're also trying to go, hey, how can we engage them a little bit? So I look at it very much like CTAs on a website, Mm -hmm. right? So imagine you like get, have a booking form, like old school, right? You have a booking form and you're like, oh yeah, we got this booking form, but then you set up no CTAs, right? Like click through to get them. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what people are doing with bots, if that makes sense. So you build, there's this really cool solution that, that like is double the amount of conversions from using a form, right? It, it And the reason I say that is what's interesting with chatbots is if someone clicks book a demo, 70% of people still won't book the demo, but have a question. Meaning they have a question still before booking, whether that's like a qualification question, like does it integrate with this or something, right? Uh-huh. Then they'll book. So that's the value of a chatbot, but it's how do you create the access point? So it's, for example, mo- the reason companies fail or marketers fail at it, marketing companies fail at it, or, or marketers in general, is they don't get rid of their form, right? And connect to chatbot. They don't take their CTAs and put them in accessible places that allow people to easily interact with the chatbot. And those are your highest converting ones. Mm-hmm. And instead, all they do is focus on like, Hey, maybe I can make this like funny opener for a hundred characters and maybe someone will click on like a clickbait. That's like a one to 2% getting the proper setup and activations to the site. That's what brings like hundred percent lifts and engagement. Cool. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, the, the other thing that I've, that I've seen is that um, because marketers and we, we, we're all marketers, listeners are marketers, marketers as well. Um, marketers are always after the new shiny object. So if there's something new, we want to try that out, right? So because there's all kinds of tools that we want to try out and we don't always take the time to really, you know, 
do some investigation to into to what this actually does, how this actually works, etc. So we expect the the basically the the software to do the magic, the AI to do the magic, and I've seen a lot of marketers underestimate the work that it takes to implement a chatbot in a successful way. Have you seen that as well? Yeah, there's actually two different pieces to it. Uh, one is what we just talked about, but it's actually change management mm-hmm. uh, because the you know the marketer or the demand gen guys have been very much used to the old school HubSpot model, you know, which is like, hey, get a form fill, have people reach out, use outreach.io, send automate or something, right? Some automation campaign, yep. send yep. automated emails, try and book a meeting. It's a major shift for salespeople to go, hey, I'm willing to jump on a live chat or I'm willing to open my calendar, right? So that's one piece. Then the second thing is then from a technical perspective, it's not just building the chatbot. It's like, hey, when we collect the information in the chatbot, can that get over to Salesforce? Can that get over to HubSpot? We're talking all the attributes to create an actual lead and then Mm -hmm. making sure that is segmented along with all the correct routing rules based on why you'd route to one rep versus another. And all that has to be built in so you've got this like very technical piece. And then the third piece, right? So you've got the activation, change management, then you've got the technical setup. And then the third piece, you know, is really making sure that then the, the chatbot itself actually, it, it works as a salesperson, meaning does it give real value? And then does it, and in real context, right? And then is it good, right? So if your chatbot says, I didn't understand that, or isn't valuable, like people just won't use it, right? So those are the three pieces. And that entire piece takes really someone understanding whatever chatbot platform they're on, the real details of how it works. Mm-hmm. And also, how do you strategically get this across site with all the change management through all the different owners of products like Salesforce and Marketo and Pardot and Outreach and all the other random you know, marketing automation tools, all the UTMs. So that's why it's actually so complicated. It just involves the entire team in that change management. Love it. Love that advice. It's 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 so recognizable, I think, for a lot of marketers that have started out on working with chatbots, et cetera. But the 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 cool thing is because the what we just talked about and the chatbot solutions that we talked about earlier on the marketing technology chat uh, 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 podcast. Um, all were focused on, well, own your own website, having a chatbot on your own website, website like a first-party web uh, website. But what you actually are offering is a chatbot on a third-party website. And that sounds interesting. Could you explain how that works? Yeah. So this whole thing, actually, we work with a bunch of, you know, build for a lot of large companies, uh, of their chatbots optimizing, right? And so we were chatting with actually Yanmar. Uh, Yanmar builds all the, um, you know. Engines, engines right? John, yeah, engines for John Deere. And I was like, well, where do these leads go, you know, on your site? Like what happens to them? And he goes, well, you know, if it's like a guy in Nebraska, you know, we then collect the lead in the, in the chatbot. Then we send it to the local Nebraska rep via email and they reach out to the customer. And I was like, well, would you allow that local dealer to just lot chat on the actual main national website with the dude that lives in Nebraska. And they go, I guess. And I was like, 
I, I go, do you see any problem? He goes, no. I go, you could probably charge him a lot of money for that. And then I was like, oh, wait a second. I think we figured something out. So basically in chatbots, right? I'll get into the third party thing real quick here, but like in chatbots, the highest moment of conversion is on something contextual, right? Meaning like you're reading an in-depth white paper, right? An article that's interesting. That's where on people's websites, it, the conversion is super high because of intent, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So we're like, well, why don't we just allow people to use their own chatbot platform, whether they're on Drift or Intercom or Qualified or Moxie or Ada or whatever random chatbot platform they use, right? To be allowed to chat on a third-party site like an article or a view site. So for example, imagine like you are reading an article in TechCrunch or on the New York Times and you're like, wow, that's interesting. I have a question. In that moment, without ever leaving the site, you could ask a question or book a meeting with the actual brand. So what really that is, is it's called the dark funnel, right? It's just like, Mark, I'm I'm sure you've talked about this in other podcasts, but to give an example, like the dark funnel is really just before someone has reached a site. It's almost like intent data. Yeah. And and that's what's so interesting. Like intent data is not a lead, right? And there's all kinds of Bambara, all kinds of different intent data resources. And basically, you know, you go to some site, you look at some white paper or something, and then all this intent data, they send it to every company in the world that basically sells your same solution. And then you all try to reach out to this one dude, Mm -hmm. right? Who's not really maybe even in market. He's just like some college kid. You know, and you don't at, even know if, if it's like on a personal level or company level. It's 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 very high level intent data. Correct. So, and it could be both. Like yeah. there is both, you know, there are services now that uh, some of them, like when you look at like Ziff Davis, right? Like yep. some of the larger platforms in the world, they know who their users are so they can mm-hmm. pass over the contact data, right? Yeah. Again, it's still like, when you, when you think about, you know, in general of, of forms, if someone fills out a form and a salesperson doesn't reach out within five minutes, it drops like 60% chance you'll get in touch with them, right? Yeah, it's like cold, cold outreach. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah, so in this case, we're like, well, why would we wait to get this intent data? If, if someone's reading an article, why not just let them chat with the company right then, right? So I call it intent decay. Is <laughs> like when someone leaves after they're reading an interesting article, no matter where it is. So really all we allow it to do is if you're a prospect, if a prospect comes to a, a, a site and they're reading an article without ever leaving that site, they can talk to the brand who that article is about. And it's the most high intent lead that's possible because they're not in any intent data yet. No one else reached them. And at that moment, if you're the first to have a conversation with them, you win. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I'm just thinking about this because I have not have not seen it in practice yet. Um, but let's say this is on on a on a third party website where you have uh, like a, a, an article about your product or about the service that that someone is offering. Um, they 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 uh, perceive that article from from not maybe not from from th- that brand they could be on a portal or whatsoever so yeah. how how does that work so i dropped it in a, you know you can include this link if you wanted to link to an actual article on martech.org and that's exactly what you're talking about is it's this is an article talking about the dark funnel mm-hmm. right and in it it we have 
a couple different, it's almost like a new type of ad unit, right? Like you've got display ads. These are in uh, contextual chat ads, right? So basically in the middle of an editorial, we'll say, um, you know, have a conversation with this brand without ever leaving the page, right? Mm-hmm. And it and it's in editorial, right? So whether it's earned content, which is insane, right? Yep. You wouldn't want to like chat on the New York Times with people who are reading your article about you, right? Wow, <laughs> like, amazing. And, I, and people will be willing to spend tons of money because it's really, it's, it's, uh, it's something that otherwise you're just hoping to come to your site and going through your normal funnel, right? Absolutely. So, and they're like middle of funnel immediately. Exactly. And so you're basically just going straight from the initial dark funnel, like checking something out directly to booking a meeting or asking a question and going to a live Zoom meeting. And so the whole idea was to make sure from a publisher standpoint, right, from someone who's creating content, would they be okay in having that in an article, right, versus just like sponsored posts, that kind of stuff, which people are doing too, right, that we're doing with folks. But in an earned media, it's a win for everyone, right? Because the publisher goes, great, no one's leaving our site of our content, right? So we get dwell time. Awesome. Then you've got the brand is going, hey, we get to talk to people before they're on our site, right? This is insane on a piece of contextual content, right? And then the prospect's like, great, I can get my question answered real quick, or I can just book a meeting with right now from this article. So when we went live with it, we only went live with this two Thursdays ago, Elias. This is kind of crazy. This is like brand new hot stuff, right? When we went live, we booked 13 meetings in two days off of an article that uh, on on just one of the MarTech pages. And and what's insane about that is the article was good enough. Nobody wanted to live chat. Everyone just straight booked a meeting. That's what's insane. That is insane. Because what what I've seen a lot is that Actually, that live that that live chat in a lot of uh, chatbot scenarios takes over in the end. So yeah. it's it's uh, it's amazing to hear that without the interference of any person in a live chat, you just book thirteen meetings based on one article. That's yeah, it amazing. Was, it was insane. I mean, it was what was I was surprised about with it was that people didn't want to ask a question, but the brands that came on were like large, large brands. These are like large demand gen guys. I mean, we're talking like, you know, billion dollar companies that were coming on and booking meetings for this. And I was like, why isn't anyone live chatting? But we realized that if the content is good, right? People are just willing to book meetings. There's not even a question. They just go, yeah, let me see how this works. Sure, I'll book a meeting. And uh, where it'll become more of live chat is more of like an e-com, right? So let's say you're a brand and you're selling you know, you have your own e-com store and you sell through Amazon, right? Well, all your affiliates are just going to Amazon. You can literally just steal them all back. Wow. And have them go directly back to you because you can answer live questions about a product on a third-party page, right? Where they're selling that- it anyway and sell them directly. So it's a really interesting on the B2B side of it's more like booking your demos is easier and it'll integrate with all the back-end chatbot platforms, which are now finishing those relationships to make them all work, you know, like Drift and Intercom and, you know, Qualified wow. Everybody. But it's the live chat really is more on the e-com side, not as much B2B, unless there's a real reason like, hey, I have a question before booking a meeting on this content. Otherwise, they just book meetings. So there's no reason to go to the site. So um, 
the example you're you're uh, referring to here is your your own example. Um, yeah. You've had the Yanmar uh, experience as well. Um, have you tested this out on other target audiences as well? Because my experience has been that marketers are always at the forefront here. You know, they want to try these things out. What what were your experience in other target uh, target markets? Yeah. Well, if you think about it um, yourself, right. Uh, I don't know if during the pandemic you bought anything online. Uh, absolutely. Okay. So <laughs> I was buying a mic, right? And we both have road mics, right? Yep. And I was looking at mics. My whole goal with buying a mic was I want one that can also plug into my iPhone, right? Like that was my only goal. And I remember being on all these pages going, but does it plug into my iPhone? Does it plug into my iPhone? I'm not going to road.com, right? I'm looking at like some third-party review. Mm-hmm. At that moment, I would have bought any mic under $1,000 that would let me do that. I didn't care what it was. I needed the one question answered. That's why this works, right? And that's that's not in the specs normally, right? So if you No, go it's to- not in the specs. It's yeah. something that you have a one question, like, does it do this? Or, hey, does it fit in this? Does it integrate with this? Like, we're yeah. talking about basic final buying question where your intent is so over the top high. Like if you're looking at review sites of comparing two products, your intent is insane. I've, right? like, I've got like a similar uh, example or experience. Um, last December during like a, like a Black Friday over here in the Netherlands, I, I wanted to buy a TV mm-hmm. um, and Samsung had like a cashback uh, campaign running. Um, but it wasn't clear whether all retailers supported that. So like they have a Samsung, like if you buy this TV, you get like a $300 cash back from Samsung. Yep. But, you know, some retail, retailers qualify, others don't. And that's typically they not something they have listed on the website. So that's something you have to, a, a chatbot would be great for as well. Yeah, and, and it stops like, you from buying, right? Absolutely. It's that, that moment of intent, which is why it's interesting around e-commerce, because it's, again, it's allowing the brand to chat with real customers, not on their site, right? But increase conversion for someone else who's driving traffic, right? Everybody's happy because they're make, everyone's making more money, right? And it's the prospect is just getting an actual great experience. And that's where this all comes back to when I think about chatbots is like, whether it's on your website, right? Or on a third party, wherever it is, the experience has to be awesome. And that's where I get excited about AI is like, Great, if someone builds an, builds an amazing AI backend for their chatbot that can answer every question, great. You don't need live chat people, right? Absolutely. But if you don't, then you need lead live chat people. So it's actually more of a push to get rid of the noise of, of, of general questions mm-hmm. right, that can be answered versus none. And to give you an example of this, so uh, I know we were chatting about earlier, it's kind of crazy. Uh, I, I also own a hot air balloon company. Right. And this is how I got into chatbots in general was um, I was fly- I started my balloon company in 2015 after leaving tech and being like, screw this. I just want to fly hot air balloons. Right. <laughs> and I had Chatra on my site. And so I'm doing live chat and I was like, people keep asking the same questions. Like, how high do you go? Can I take my baby? You know, can I have sex on your balloon? Right. Like general questions. <laughs> they would ask that and a lot, probably. You'd right? be surprised. Like five yeah. times. Someone asks that. <laughs> and uh, anyway, the um, I was like, I got to find a way to automate this. 
So when I ended up, I ended up finding Drift, right? Which back then I was like their 300th customer, right? Yeah. It was a little balloon company that would never get a, a, a job on these days for Drift because it'd be, you know, $30,000 a year probably isn't a fit for a little balloon company, right? But it was like 300 bucks. And I was like, great, like, let's do this thing. I built it with so expansive with, with the Seattle ballooning site that it answers every question about ballooning. And we stopped talking to people. So oh. I realized that if I could do that as a random dude, building out a chatbot, and that's how I became, you know, an expert on drift stuff and on chatbots. But like, then you have AIs come out that can look at variants and look at data sets and really use NLP and, and sales understanding to give intents. Yeah. Now you've got something that's valuable that can be used in the third party anywhere because there's nothing worse than having a chatbot that sucks, you know, doesn't answer your question or goes, I don't know, you know. I love it. I love it. Aliyev, thank, uh, for, thanks for sharing this on the Marketing Technology Podcast. Of course, I will share a link to your website, maybe one to your ballooning uh, company as well. But <laughs> Yeah, if anyone people... wants to screw around with a chatbot and ask a bunch of questions. Absolutely, about absolutely. And I'll also share a, uh, a link to your LinkedIn profile for people that want to connect. Do, do mention that you heard about Aliyev on the a marketing technology podcast because I, I'm sure you get like a lot of requests every day and you don't want to be spammed. So um, again, thank you very much for being on the Marketing Technology Podcast. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform or iTunes. Also, if you want to be a guest or know someone that should be a guest to our show, shoot me an email on e.crum at marketingguys.nl. Thank you for listening.